This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. The election is now less than two weeks away. And it is an election of who does America hate more? I don't, I haven't met anybody who is actually for Hillary Clinton. And I've only met a few who are actually for Donald Trump. Most people are voting because they think the other one is the greatest danger. The difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton is I've never met anyone who was rah-rah Hillary Clinton. There are those who are rah-rah Donald Trump. As I was um, in New York yesterday meeting with the mainstream media, um, the one thing I noticed was every single person I met thought it was a done deal that Hillary Clinton was going to win. As I said to them, oh, I, I wouldn't be so cocky. I wouldn't count Donald Trump out. Why? Because of his supporters. They actually believe in something more than just not her. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Sorry I was gone yesterday. I was up over the weekend up in Toronto. My daughter has qualified, uh, along with her uh, ballet troupe, for the Canadian Nationals. So she is. she was in the semifinals. She may be a Canadian National ballet winner congratulations that's a big uh no it means i have to go to canada again <laughs> so and they announced that we, my wife and i looked at each other and we're like you got to be kidding me wow really can't she lose can i mean <laughs> yay how did texans wind up in the canadian nationals that's what actually i was asked that question i think by a member of the press yesterday so are you canadian <laughs> and uh have your daughter uh, yeah you have your uh, co-host Stu Gear. right? Right, it's starting two, to be. Yeah, there's Canadian two Canadian celebrities. Yeah. So apparently the ballet thing is international, so we could be. I said, boy, if we could just, if we could go to Argentina next, mm. or Venezuela, oh, Venezuela, yeah, or Colombia, really nice right now. yeah, we could win the Colombian nationals. <laughs> it would be fantastic. So anyway, um, uh, I was up there this uh, weekend and then had some work to do in New York. So yesterday, I had a really interesting day. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you what I can. Some of it was off the record at my request, and so I don't want to violate it in the other direction. Um, but I had a really interesting day, and um, for those who are just looking for surface-dwelling stuff, this is not your show today. Um, I'm going to ask you to think uh, a little deeper and to think long-term, not short-term. Um, 
as people asked me yesterday as I was meeting with the New York Times editorial board, which is a big deal, um, and they asked me to meet with them, and okay, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I also, for the first time, Charlie Rose has been asking me for I don't know how many years to be on his show, and as he awkwardly, for me, it was awkward, he was funny, um, reminded me as he sat down in his chair, I've been inviting you for years, and do you know why you always say no? And I said, no. And he said, well, you always publicly told me no. Um, He said, after your people would say no, he said, invariably, every time the next morning you'd get on the radio and you would say, Charlie, no one watches you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't yeah. a weird that was, moment at all. That was that wasn't awkward. That wasn't awkward. And I, I remember all right. every one of those. I know. Times and I said, <laughs> well, and he said, may not have the huge audiences uh, you know, that uh, you've grown accustomed to, but we do good things here. And I said, that's why I'm here, Charlie. And it was really truly one of the only places I have been. I've had For instance, just did an interview with Rolling Stone magazine. Took two days. Had that exact same conversation with the Rolling Stone guy. But then he went back and interpreted it his own way. And it didn't come out that way. Mm. Um, and, uh, And so it was nice to sit with Charlie Rose and actually have a conversation that four people will watch. And two of them were cameramen. Charlie watched it. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. So there's somebody else that's out there watching. Um, Even after the nice conversation, you're still going to wreck this guy? Only because I can't wreck my record. Right, okay. Okay, Okay. consistency is important. He was really great, and I do hope people watch it because uh, it was a, uh, again, I was asked yesterday a few times about Donald Trump and about the election and who's going to win. As I said every time, it's in two weeks. The next two weeks, don't let the next two weeks control your life. What does the world look like in three weeks, in six weeks, in 52 weeks? What does the world look like? That's where we should be focused, and that's where I'm focused. Um, I did, real quick on politics, on the Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump thing. Everyone in New York is convinced that Hillary Clinton wins. Everyone is convinced. Uh, they may be in for a surprise. Now, I'd like to talk to you, Stu, because I've seen, you know, the latest poll numbers, and they seem to be getting worse for Donald Trump. Is that true or not? Uh, some of them are, yes. Some of them are. Yes. Or is anything giving you an indication that it could go the other way? Because, uh, and I'd like you to do, and I know you can't do this right now, but maybe tomorrow, could you give me the story of Brexit and the story of what people are expecting with Donald Trump? Line those two up. Because everybody is saying, you know, everybody who believes like I do, don't count him out. A lot of those people are backing it up with Brexit. But it's my understanding, if I, my memory serves me right, Brexit, the numbers changed at the end. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a surprise to the elite. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a surprise to anybody who was watching the polls. You remember it well, but I can, g- I can give you the... Okay, okay. that's what I thought. That's that. what I thought. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the polls go, just quickly, like the... If you want to look at positives for Trump, I mean, there, 
there doesn't seem to be a high level of backup for those big double-digit margins. Uh, you know, there's a couple of polls that came out of 12 points and 15 points. Those seem to be, at some level, outliers where m- more commonly we're seeing four, five, six, seven points. Okay. Which is more like between Romney yeah, I think and- anything over five is uh, solid uh, for Hillary. I think anything under three could, if if she's only leading by two or three points, I think you could be wildly surprised uh, come the next day. Um, either way, I think if it's within the margin of error, I think he could uh, he could pull this off. And there are a couple, couple polls in that area, but the overwhelming majority. And now every single poll shows Clinton leading, including the ones that Drudge was touting yesterday as shock polls, uh, saying that Hillary was uh, losing. Now those, even Rasmussen has come back to the other side and now show Clinton winning. Okay. So that was the that was the main thing that I pulled uh, on the on the election yesterday from meeting with the mainstream media. They're all absolutely convinced that Clinton wins. I thought it was a little um, hasty uh, or um, I hate to use the word arrogant, but uh, maybe not learning from all of the other times in this last election in this in this last year where everybody said, oh, no, it's it's not possible, and there he is. So don't count that guy out. So I met with Charlie Rose first and had a good discussion, and you can judge. I think it's posted now, the whole thing. They've only pulled one clip, and I think it was one of the only questions about Donald Trump. And it's making news today. I didn't make news. I said that six months ago. He was asking me about, you want to play the clip? He was, he was asking me about something I had said six months ago. I think Trump thought this would be fun. I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, the worst could happen, and, I'd be better now. Uh, yeah, and I I'll, I'll might last six months. I don't think he actually saw himself winning, and I think he's put himself in a position now to where um, if you look at the financials of his, of his empire, of his hotel empire, you know, when they when they start changing the name of Trump Hotels to what are they calling it now? Skyon, Scion. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's trouble. There's trouble for him. Uh, but you have you have called him pathological liar, possibly a <laughs> sociopath. What's the indication that he's a sociopath? Have you seen all the things <laughs> him during the last year and a half? Truly. Feel for someone that couldn't help him. Truly connect on a human level and say, this has made me stop. This has made me think. This is, you know, I'm deeply sorry for what I have said. You know, a sociopath is somebody who doesn't really see the human experience in anyone else and i haven't seen that in him i haven't seen him deeply affected by um the human condition in an individual no sense of vulnerability none frightening frightening okay so that's what made news you should watch the whole thing because um it was not about really Donald Trump is about where we're headed. And that's what people are trying to figure out right now. 
New York Times editorial board. I walk in, there are 19 people in there. I was told there would be three to ten. The, the editor of the New York Times said, this is a highly unusual high turnout. It was not about, first of all, I want everybody to know, I'm not John McCain. I'm not Donald Trump. John McCain and Donald Trump fell into the trap of, I'm the media darling. And they're going to love me. Donald Trump just last year was saying, I can control the media and the media is giving me everything. And then when they were done using him, they ejected him into space. (laughs) The same thing with John McCain. I'm not a fool. I know that what I'm saying right now, they like. And so, yes, they're reporting. They want to meet with me. And I get that. I know how the media works. Uh, This is not my first go around. So anybody who thinks you're going into this blindly being used, no. Play a longer term game with me, if you will. As I sat down with the New York Times, literally, and Ellen, who's chief of content, was sitting in the room. Would you say it's fair to say maybe two questions were about Donald Trump? Couple? Yeah, maybe two questions were about Donald Trump. The rest of it was, and I'm just paraphrasing here, the rest of it was, who are your listeners? Who, who really is the Tea Party? What happened? How did people who were for the Constitution or said they were for the Constitution now become... Donald Trump supporters. Um, what role did we play in that? It, it does. Does the press have a role? Did did what did what happened in with Congress? What happened? How did we get here? That was the main thrust of. They were more curious about you than anything else. And quite honestly, I got the impression that they were more interested in um, how how they can correct um, any wrongs uh, or or misunderstandings that they have made to make sure they're not playing a role in further destruction. I got the sense that the New York Times feels similarly to the way I do, that we are in deep trouble, perhaps deeper than we thought, um, and it may be time for everyone to do some introspection. Would you say this is fair, Ellen? Um, To do some introspection and to see what we can do to make things better. I was, I was, um, I expected to walk in to a room of arrogance. I expected to walk into a room of hostility and really with an exception of one person that was not pleased with me. Um, uh, it was not that, not that they liked me, but, or agreed with me. But they were polite, they were um, gracious, and 
I thought actually humble and willing to listen to the things that they may not agree with. Um, I thought that um, I got the impression, not just from them, but from the other press that I met with yesterday, and I met with several other press organizations, um, that the, the honeymoon of Hillary Clinton is going to be um, epic in its shortness. You may not make it to the hotel room before uh, the honeymoon is over. Um, I think that there are people that understand that she is uh, not the most forthright individual on the planet uh, and uh, are not going to be giving her a pass should she win, not be giving her the pass that uh, Barack Obama has been given. <clears throat> I can't, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to make that anybody believe that that's what the New York Times thinks, but that's the general feel, the feeling I got from almost everybody I met with yesterday at several organizations that the world is a different place, and this time, even those in the so-called ivory towers of New York recognize it. And I think something dramatic is happening right now. My Patriot Supply. Life is 10% what happens and 90% about what you do with it. That is something that my father taught me. You can either take what happens and you can uh, use it and use it for fuel for good, or you can whine about it and you can let it destroy you. Which will it be? We've prepared because we've seen troubled times in our past before. I know Pat lost his job um, back in the 90s. And one of the worst times of his life was during the 90s where he just couldn't find a job. Pat, your food supply, which was for, you know, big, you know, catastrophic things, you ended up using it. Oh, definitely. How did it save you? Uh, well, because we couldn't afford groceries. So um, that allowed us to eat during that time. And it was a year, you know, took us a year. Food storage is critically important and not for all of the catastrophic things that everybody thinks, but because I have a hard time making ends meet at the end of the month. Right now, if you can, 140 adult servings of easy-to-cook food last up to 25 years. Four weeks, that's 140 servings for an adult. $99.00. You will, not be, you will not regret this, I promise you. Call 800-200-7163, or you can go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. It's online, limit two for this special $99 price. Do it right now. Call 800-200-7163, or preparewithglenn.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. 
The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're just talking off the air about um, the Trump brand and how his hotels are really starting to struggle. Um, uh, Like his hotels are less than $500 a room when everyone else in its class is sold out at top of the card. He's lowering the rates. The Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. has changed its name. Now they're, 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 they're saying that, no, 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 this is a different brand entirely. Trump puts his name on everything. Mm-hmm. Anybody who was in Washington, D.C. in the last year knows that Trump's name was on that building everywhere. They've changed the name. And what the name means is from a great lineage, from a great family. That's how they sold it to him to save the hotel business. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. talking about early voting and how that's going and the polls and now there are there are indications that the republicans are going to lose the senate um please go out and vote for the uh the gop um can it if if you are sitting in a place that has a marco rubio please go out and vote for the gop in the senate and the house if we lose the Senate and the House, there's no stopping any of it. There's no stopping any of it. Oh, well, you are the one. No, no. Donald Trump is three points ahead in Texas. He should be 20 points ahead in Texas. He is three. In Florida, he had no offices for a ground game. This is all about ground game. With early voting, it would seem that there's no really need for this October surprise. Because, I mean, early voting started yesterday in Texas, or yesterday here in Texas, and they're turning out in record numbers. So by the time you get to the October surprise in the next 
seven days. No, I think the October well, they've surprise, already voted. Think, they've already voted. It, yeah, I think it's it's they, it's already over. That's why take. that's why Frank Luntz and and everybody else has said, you know, it's it it would take literally a miracle to turn things at this point because it's already in the, the early voting has already happened. The the you know, tons of people have already cast their ballots. Right. I mean, it was six million uh, as of this weekend. So it's probably eight to ten by now. Uh, and it, there's what is it? A hundred million that vote or 50 million? Thirty. One thirty. Yeah. So that's bigger than I thought it was. I thought. Yeah. I thought I thought, uh, you know, might have been as little as 70. <laughs> I thought. They win usually with about 45 million, 65, 65, 65. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a look, it's a lot of votes and you can make that up. If he wins big on election day, you can win it. Easy. I mean, it's, there's a, there's who turns out you require a ground game in. There are places where he has no one literally think of this. No one in a phone bank making phone calls. How is that possible? Right. If you want to win, you don't have big rallies in stadiums. You have quiet numbers of thousands making phone calls, knocking on doors, taking people. Hey, can I get you to can I get you a ballot? Can I get you to the voting booth? And early He's got votes, none of that. Early voting doubles, triples, quadruples the value of a ground game because the, the, the theory is I get Glenn out to the polls. I can focus on Glenn. Glenn, you got to come vote for my candidate. You got to come vote for my candidate. Right now. You go vote. Then I never have to think of you again, and I can move all of those resources to Jeffy to get Jeffy out to the polls. And then I get Jeffy, and he goes and votes, and then I can put all my focus on Pat. To get Pat out to the polls. Instead of, instead of what, doing what Donald Trump is doing, which is having to worry about Glenn, Pat, and Jeffy. For the whole time. For the whole time. Because they don't have any ground game, and they're right. just hoping that he can convince them in these large rallies. It's, you know, it's, it's, that, it's insane. It hasn't it is worked as before. Bad, you know what? It is as bad um, as Giuliani's plan <laughs> of, I'm not going to do anything until Florida that I'm going to win. And guess who's highly involved in this campaign, too? Right. It's Rudy. I mean, this <laughs> is the worst run campaign i've ever seen in american history it will go down where barack obama went down as the most efficient campaign ever run this is going to go down as the exact opposite right and, and don't don't tell me i own it because uh i warned you about these very things a year ago the guy's not serious. He doesn't have a ground game. He doesn't have the connections. He doesn't know how the system even works. Remember when, he, when his ground game was saying, hey, you still have three days if you're in Washington. You can go ahead and vote. And they were sending that to D.C. <laughs> when the vote was in Washington State and the vote had already happened the week before. <laughs> I mean, they are that bad. So... <laughs> Nobody, no, oh, man. no group of people who are anti-Trump can lead to the loss or the close race that is happening just here in Texas. It's impossible. You have to be completely incompetent to lose or to be this close to losing Texas. Well, let me give you an example of this real quickly because they, they, there's many, many election models that go on. And, and the one from Princeton has been the most favorable for Hillary Clinton since the beginning. Okay, Princeton currently says that Hillary Clinton has a 
99% chance of winning this. It got down to 70, didn't it? Uh, like the Prince, I don't have the Princeton one, but yeah. some of these have. have yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, on its face, 99% chance is completely ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I, I think, like, there's no way Hillary Clinton has a 99% chance of winning the presidency, to yeah. me. But to just take a mental exercise for a second to try to justify that argument for a second. This is uh, the normal state of things, right? Donald Trump can have good swings and bad swings, right? Mm -hmm. So he has had both of those things in uh, in this race. For example, on August 14th, he had only a 10% chance of winning the presidency. And between August 14th and September 26th, the time for the first debate, so 40-some-odd days, uh, he increased from 10% to 45% chance. That's a big chance. He turned Which, it into a toss-up. As he was listening to Roger Ailes. Right. That was the Ailes period. Yep. A 35% uh, change in his ranking from 10 to 45 in 40 days. So basically a percent per day. Since then, he has dropped all the way from 45% chance of winning to a 13% chance of winning. So now, instead of having 45 days, he has 14 days. Okay. Not counting the early voting. Not counting the early voting. So he'd have to actually go faster than that. So instead of one point per day, which was his best swing in the campaign, about a point per day, he'd have to do three points per day in this percentage ranking and make up for more than that because of the uh, uh, early vote. So think about it this way. The only thing left there, if that's true, and so far it looks like it is, but Donald Trump has broken history before, so I don't want to say that it's not impossible. But the, what's left for you is a massive event. Let's say a Trump tape-level recording of Hillary Clinton doing something, probably not sexual, but probably in corruption or something I like that. I don't even know if that would do it. Right, I don't even know if that would do it. But, I, don't think it but I, mean, event, I don't think people are movable on either side at this point. But let's say even bigger. I, I don't know. Whatever, some massive event. They, I think an Hillary economic, Clinton is on tape. Economic right. collapse. Economic collapse. Enough to shake people to the core that, and I don't know which way it would work, but one or the other right. would rocket to the top. Major war, major terrorist act. Certainly. But, I mean, we have a two-week period. Is there better than a 1% chance that something like that will happen and it will turn to Trump? I mean, you can argue the Princeton case pretty convincingly in that the only thing left here is a, a, a massive event. Now, that is what I'm sure the people you talked to in New York were thinking, essentially that argument. Yes. To me, I just am... I, I'm just unwilling to say... I, I don't it, believe it that. Just, I think I'm more... Yeah, it just seems if... if uh, you know, when when Ted Cruz was doing really, really well, I was unwilling to say in my private circles, yes, he's got a chance. He's, he's got it. Yeah. We all said, don't take anything for granted. But that's the problem with this campaign is it's taken everything for granted. It has t- it. Let's refresh our memories. It said that it was the only one that can control and corral the press, that he knew how to use the press. He knew how to turn it against itself. He knew how to manipulate it to get the coverage that he wanted, and he was the only one bulletproof from the press. Well, that's obviously not true. We said at the time, that changes the minute he gets the nomination. 
They want him to have the nomination. We now know through WikiLeaks that is true. What else did we learn from WikiLeaks? We were told that um, Dirty Tricks Lion Ted was lying because he was sabotaging the other GOP candidates. And that was just wrong. (laughs) It has nothing to do with me. I got to stick up for the people in our own party that Lion Ted and Little Marco. What did we find out yesterday? We now have proof that Breitbart worked with the Clinton campaign to take out Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. They coordinated efforts to take those two out. With with an Occupy Wall Street activist. How do you feel about that one? Mm. Lion Ted. Mm -hmm. Yet Donald Trump and Breitbart colluded with Hillary Clinton to take those two candidates out. This has been, you want to talk about corrupt, you bet. It's been corrupt, but it's been stupid. Just, you cannot cure stupid. And it's just been stupid from the beginning. That's the question with, with Breitbart. You're going to have to ask yourself, depending on what happens. I mean, maybe Donald Trump will win a glorious victory and be the greatest president of all time. And, and you have to ask yourself, who got you there? You know, I mean... If you've got evidence of Breitbart colluding with a wall, with an Occupy Wall Street uh, member uh, to try to take out the Rubio and Cruz, who got you, Donald Trump? Who brought you him? Who brought you this case I just made where you've got a 99 percent chance that Hillary Clinton is going to win by some estimate? It wasn't people who were warning you from the beginning. It was, so, yeah, was it? It was I, those who said, no, this is a magical fairy that's going to be able to sprinkle pixie dust because everything he touches t- turns to gold. Because he fights. Yeah, because he fights. Well, I mean, you know, look, he's you, fighting now. You had people who this entire time told you Donald Trump was going to be great. How is how's that working out for you? I, I, I mean, look, he might maybe he'll win and then maybe he'll be a great president. If those two things also this happen, is, they'll be right. This and is, I'll be happy to admit that I'm wrong. This is why you have to look beyond the election. You vote for whoever you want to vote for. Yeah. But you have to look beyond the election because I will tell you this. The TV network is a done deal. And I, they've already started the uh, Trump TV right, the evening news. Yeah. So they're already doing a daily evening news program. Trump TV is a reality. It's been a reality for a very long time. It's going to be run by Breitbart and Steve Bannon, who's brought you Donald Trump. Um, it is going to be um, uber alt-right. It is not going to accept the elections. Uh, it is going to be vicious, and its first job will be to exact vengeance on anyone who could stand in its way. You need to know that from the get-go uh, and make your decision on who you're standing with and where this is going, because only one will be standing in the end. The, the right will either, either right the ship and reject the poison that has been pushed into our system, or it will sink, and it will become, it rise again into something entirely different. You're going to have to decide, and that's the bigger decision, because that one, 
That one spells the destruction of you. As I've said the whole time, I am concerned about the destruction of America. I have been concerned about the destruction of America since 9-11. I have been warning. I have been doing everything I can. But we're down past the destruction of America. We are now at the destruction of who we are in our core, who we are as people. And that's the next election, the one after this one. And we begin voting on November 10th, the day after this election, on who we're going to be. Now this. You've taken the steps to safeguard your personal computer, but what about your mobile phone? Attackers can now breach your smartphone security with a text message and a game app. They place malware on your phone that runs in the background to attack your banking app, access your personal information, compromise your finances. Um, We saw what happened over the weekend. Was that a big deal to anybody, what happened over the weekend? Did anybody really take a moment and realize? By the look on your face, you're trying to remember what happened this weekend. I don't know, the hacking of the internet? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That should be a very big warning sign of what we're headed towards. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you have the best protection available. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus the sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com, call 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK, get 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. Call 800-440-4936, lifelock.com, 1-800-440-4936. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Now, there's a story out about how the right uh, needs to clean up its own house. And I I don't want to be lectured by the left on cleaning up their own house. Um, But, uh, uh, boy, are we in significant trouble as the National Enquirer is started to now take a centerpiece... (laughs) Uh, with the with the right as a source, and the Weekly World News is being uh, touted as a credible source, um, and Alex, weird world. And Alex Jones yeah. is is now a credible source, and forty eight percent of of Trump supporters are now saying that uh, Vladimir Putin is our friend. I mean, what happened to conservatives? What the hell happened to conservatives? <laughs> Principles versus interests. Yeah, right? I mean, I, mean it's I, I will tell you, it, my my hope is that people are um, in a desperate place right now and they've lost their way. But Thomas Jefferson said it right. Trust the people. They'll get it wrong, but they will correct it and they will return to the truth. And... There are millions of conservatives that know what the truth is still today. The rest will follow. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
We believe that we are independent. We believe that we are making our own choices. But are we actually in a box that has been carefully crafted for us? And no matter how much we claim we're not in the box, we actually are sealing the box and closing the top of it on top of us. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Is there anyone on the left that at some point said, you know what, I, uh, I, I think I can vote for Donald Trump. I think I have to vote for Donald Trump because Hillary Clinton is so corrupt, I think... I have to vote for Donald Trump, even more so. You know what? It's time this country was run somewhat like a business, and this guy was a good businessman, and maybe he'll shake things up. This has got to stop. Was there anybody on the left? You notice nobody's talked to anybody like that. We just assume those people don't exist, but they do. They do. Let me ask you this. Were the people who voted for Ross Perot a traitor, when he was a guy outside and he was a good businessman and he was warning of all the things we're experiencing right now and said in 1992, if we don't take care of them after the turn of the century, there's going to be no good choices. Were they a traitor or were they ahead of their time? He might have been the wrong messenger. How about blacks that we say, why, why do you continue to put your faith in a system that has betrayed you. When a, a black will look at a Republican, not even the name, not even the chart, nothing, just, oh, he's a Republican and have nothing to do with him. Are they being patriotic? If they say, I've looked at this guy, I happen to believe this guy is good, and yeah, he's a Republican, are they a traitor to their race? Are they a traitor to their party or to their country? How many conservatives voted for Barack Obama in 2008? How many conservatives saw Barack Obama, because I know I did, saw Barack Obama in 2004 and said, holy cow, this guy could be the next president? Before you knew anything about Barack Obama and you saw him give that epic speech, a one, that, one that Ronald Reagan could have given, were you a traitor for saying, I think he could be president? I might vote for him. Were you a traitor because you wanted to vote for the first African-American president? You wanted to be a part of something epic? How about the Democrats that voted for Ronald Reagan? The Reagan Democrats that we always like to tell, were they traitors? Were they traitors to their party? Or did they see something that their party wasn't offering or saw something that their party was offering that they said, Reagan's a lot better? I want you to know, I'm not making the case that either side has something worth flocking to at this point. 
But why is it so bad to think outside of the box and think outside of the DNC and GOP? Many conservatives voted for Clinton in 1996 because he had proven himself to be a centrist. Welfare reform came from Bill Clinton. The economy was doing fine. Were they traitors when they looked at Bob Dole and said, Good heavens, Bob Dole? I voted for Dole, but perhaps I was wrong. He was horrible. Let's say that out loud together. Bob Dole was a horrible candidate, and so was George H.W. Bush. Many people who were conservative couldn't bring themselves to vote for him in 92 because his lips said one thing, but his hands signed something else. Were those people who said, I can't vote for George W. Bush, were they traitors? Let me ask you this. If more people would have said, I cannot vote for Bob Dole, I cannot vote for George H.W. Bush, if there was a landslide in 92 and 96, do you think we only would have had McCain and George W. Bush to choose from in 2000, and McCain in 2008, and Romney in 2012? Look at that record. Look at what the GOP has given you since Reagan. Everything. In fact, I contest I contend anything other than an actual conservative constitutionalist. Not a, not a chance in hell that a real small government constitutionalist is even considered. Now we find ourselves in a place where we have to defend everything we have despised. In fact, not only defend it, many are becoming everything that they fought against in the 90s. Remember how we all said in the 90s, you can't dismiss all of these women. There are too many of them. Yes, maybe some of them are making that up, but his lifestyle leads any thinking individual into a place where you have to seriously consider this. What is wrong with you? Why are you just sticking with the DNC? Don't give your brain away. And the most important thing is you most likely were one of the people that said, And what happens if we reward him with this office? What then will he do? What happens? We have a suspicion that Whitewater is true. What will happen if we give him the highest office? Well, Travelgate. And then the selling of the Lincoln bedroom. And then we said, what will happen? He was selling the Lincoln bedroom and Travelgate. What will he do next if you reward him? Well, then they sold our secrets and our computers to the Chinese. And then they started the Clinton Foundation. We ignored, and they sold access to the Secretary of State. What will they do if we reward them again? What happens if we don't declare his lies with Monica Lewinsky wrong and abhorrent? It will, you said, it will affect our children and our culture. Has it? You damn right it did. Because look how deeply it affected us. We're now at a point where some of the people who actually said this and warned against it are now embracing the excuse that it's some vast left-wing conspiracy. History is repeating itself 
in the reverse. Let me take this out of politics. Let me just talk to you about using your brain and never selling it to anyone. Japanese. The Japanese, when I was growing up, they were known to make everything that was in a crap box. If it was crap, it was Japanese. Remember when the Honda CVCC first came out? Not the Civic, the CVCC. The CVCC was a motorcycle engine turned to its side in a little teeny death box about the size of a two-person coffin. (laughs) And this is in the time when that thing was driving down the road with a Cadillac that was the size of your house. It was a death trap, and it was crazy. But wait a minute. What happened? We don't think of Japan making crap boxes. We don't think of Honda as a death trap. They changed, and we allowed them to. We took in new information, and it wasn't an ad campaign. It was actual change. We didn't buy one the first time they changed. In fact, if you're like me, what happened was a friend or a friend of a friend bought a Civic or a Honda. And our response was, really? Why would they do that? I don't know, but they just tell me that it's not what we think it is. And over time, we watched, we listened, we eventually test drove one, And then perhaps we bought one ourselves, and Honda isn't the same. But imagine if back then our only choices, because we said they were our only choices, were either a Honda CVCC or an AMC Pacer. Think about how foolish we would look back on those times. We already look back and say the Pacer. Good God, what was wrong with us? But imagine if we had argued that... One would destroy, but if you didn't buy the Pacer, it would destroy America and all American car companies. A receipt for a CVCC is a lost job in Detroit. Americans did the opposite. Americans said, good, maybe AMC should go out of business. It's a crap box. If they can be beaten by the Japanese, they should go out of business. We as people never personally bailed them out. We never even embraced the K-car because the K-car was a piece of crap. We're still doing that. We didn't buy the Volt, even though the government bought the company. We wouldn't listen. We bought Tesla because it was good. Even when the government was telling us how great the Volt was, We said, it burns people alive. Bad idea. You want to change the world? You don't worry about everybody else. You worry about yourself. You vote with your feet. You walk out of a bad restaurant. You don't accept the bad service. We never continue to buy our clothes or our furniture or even our movie tickets from a company or a movie theater that lied to you, ripped you off, used us and hated us so much that they would eventually, once you buy your ticket, mock you to your face. Oh, well, you're going to take the popcorn because that's the kind of people you are, you popcorn-eating freak. Have you ever had the unfortunate experience I had this? 
of thinking you were someone's friend only to find out that you were actually their secret friend, that you were the one that they would go out with when all the cool people were busy, but they didn't want anybody to know that. They didn't want to be seen with you. You most likely found out like this. You approached them by their locker when the cool people were around. And one of the cool people said something, and they joined in or remained silent. And you remember the look on their face, and you hope that they remember the look on your face. A lesson you most likely never forgot and said, I'll never fall for that again, unless it's a presidential campaign. See, you're the cool kid. The GOP is not the cool kid. The DNC is not the cool kid. You're the cool kid. They need you. You just don't realize it. The parties are viewing you as their secret friend, and you're allowing it to happen. They're the company that despises you, but not only still takes your money, they give you bad service, and then expect you to defend them to your friends to get them to come and get bad service. Stop it. It isn't those who are voting for the third party that are destroying Trump's chances. It's Trump. For all the reasons that we outlined a year ago, we told you the press would kill him. That they and Democrats wanted him to be the candidate because they knew how weak he was. Did you, did you miss that WikiLeaks memo? But let's take a look at Hillary for a second. It isn't those voters that are destroying Donald Trump because the majority of the people who are voting third party are Hillary supporters and Democratic voters. That's where those people are siphoning. She's being hurt in much larger numbers by third parties. But again, let's stick with her and those turning from her to vote for third party. How many will say or like to say, oh, I don't care about those people? I don't care about those people. That's a sign of a lazy mind. You do care about them and you should. They're not traitors, those people on the left that refuse to vote for Hillary Clinton. They're right, and they're brave, and we should look at what they're doing. The media is not. They can't justify electing or at least voting for a person that they know is a proven liar, someone who is in the pocket of globalist banking, uh, in the pocket of corporate cronies, somebody who clearly believes she is way above the law. They are brave they are wise, and they will end up changing their party. If, if I were actually voting for Hillary Clinton, would I be doing what the mainstream media is doing and ignoring Gary Johnson and the Libertarian Party? Would I be calling Stein brave today? Because they're not. They want you not to notice those people. I want you to notice those people. If you have not actually had to sacrifice your principles on the altar of Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, then you need to vote for that candidate. Reagan said, if we can agree on seven out of ten things, you're not my enemy. But those were policies, not principles. The Reagan Democrats, they weren't traitors because they saw policies and they saw principles that they agreed in. 
the, the Reagan Democrats, they were not Marxist. They didn't hate America. They believed in America. They believed in the Constitution. Not one of them was a big government progressive. Not one of them was something, was someone that deeply believed that faith was a sham and abortion was good and morals were for dummies. They saw that their party was drifting and they went to Reagan. More in a second. Now this, I will tell you that um, I'm always bad in timing. Um, I was talking to a journalist yesterday and um, we talked about the bank bailout. And I asked him, has that been solved? Are the banks safer than they were in 2008? Did they fix that problem with all the laws that they passed? The answer was no. So are the banks worse off or better? Worse off. And are there more banks that are too big to fail or fewer banks that are too big to fail? Fewer, the number's cut in half. Okay. You tell me how this ends. You tell me what kind of disruption it's going to take to pull that final straw. And then what is the bailout? Globalization? A global bank? A national bank? Depression? End of the currency? A new currency? What is it? We both decided, I have no idea. I will tell you this, when you have no idea, that's called uncertainty. And the one thing the market hates is uncertainty. May I suggest you call Goldline and be certain about one thing, the lasting value of what you can hold in your hand. Gold or silver, call them now. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Read their important risk information and find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. What we are facing on both sides right now is to ignore, accept, embrace, and even reward with the highest office in the land. Corruption, lies, deceit, a pattern of personal vengeance, a willingness to destroy anyone who stands in your way. These are the best part. At worst, is the mocking of the handicapped, possible insult on women, letting people die in Benghazi because you were involved in a secret operation, or allowing our country to be put at risk because of your own email convenience. The biggest question that America needs to answer is, who am I? Who am I as a person? What is it I really believe? What are the fundamentals that are eternal in me that I can never abandon? What is it that we believe? What is it that our children will or already have learned from me that I will excuse and defend in others even while at the same time I am trying to tell them that that's wrong? Because telling them means nothing. Seeing you stand up 
when it's painful, that's when they learn the lesson. Most importantly, what happens next if we ignore and reward the people that are like this with even more power? And I want to give you I want to give you the family tree of Hillary Clinton and her corruption and ask you so what's next when we come back The Glenn Beck program Mercury Beck. I want to give you a little, um, a little tree, uh, a little uh, diagram here of Clinton and how it has affected us because of our silence and because, and this is only involving Clinton. This does not, in, um, uh, this doesn't include what happened during the Bush administration, what happened during the Obama administration. Because I can tie this in to the GOP easily. Whitewater. Whitewater begat Travelgate. Ignoring the women with, uh, with Bill Clinton led to Lewinsky. Ignoring Whitewater and dismissing it begat Travelgate. Ignoring Whitewater and Travelgate begat the Lincoln Bedroom. Remember when they were selling that? Ignoring that gave birth to the plan of selling secrets in the next term and supercomputers to the Chinese. By us turning a blind eye to the China deal, that begat the Clinton Foundation and selling access to the Secretary of State. But ignoring the secret operations of Travelgate, of of the Lincoln Bedroom, of selling supercomputers to the Chinese. That gave birth to bigger ideas within the administration through uh, the Clinton Foundation and the Secretary of State of selling uranium to Russia. And secret operations like let's run guns to the rebels in Syria through Turkey and we'll all meet in Benghazi. By ignoring those, that begat, let's give money in exchange for hostages with Iran. By awarding her What's next? Now, here's my solution on this. And it is my hope that by humbling myself, admitting 
my wrong by taking the beam out of my own eye and the things that I have done and then being seen by the mainstream media who have never seen anyone actually do that because they don't, they don't believe anybody does that. They don't believe, they're such cynics. Media on all sides are such cynics. They don't believe anybody. I tend to believe everybody and then I'm disappointed. But they don't know how to deal with somebody who is sincere. And the only way to prove to people that you're sincere is self-sacrifice at this point. I'm willing I'm willing to destroy myself for the principles. I'm willing to go out of business. I'm willing to not be listened to. I'm willing to have my own audience possibly turn on me because of these principles in hopes that someone else will see that and say, I respect that. Maybe, maybe I should do more of that. I met with the New York Times editorial board yesterday, and uh, it was all on background, so I don't want to quote anything that they said or, or, um, or take anything and, and, and make them look one way or another. I will tell you that the, the thrust of the conversation was, who, who are, who, who's your audience? Who, who are the people of the Tea Party? And are those people... Are those people the same people that are supporting Donald Trump? And what happened if they are? To be able to sit with all of the editors of the New York Times and say, look, here's what happened. The press mocked, belittled, called them racist, called them dangerous, called them names when these were families who came so far out of their comfort zone because they actually believed in something, had never, these aren't Marxists, these aren't revolutionaries in college, these are the people just put their face in a book during college and did it and didn't get involved in any of that stuff, have never done any of that their entire life, have lived lived a law-abiding, quiet life, and then they saw injustice, they saw things that they thought were wrong, and the press immediately said they were dangerous, And then riding in on a white horse to their rescue was who? The GOP and Mitch McConnell and John Boehner. Come, you are such great friends. We needed you. And we then had a historic election for the GOP and sent Tea Party people there. And those very people in the establishment turned those people against us. And nothing changed. And then Mitt Romney in 2012. And it was between 2010 and and a week after the election of 2012 that everybody who was part of that movement said, there's no way to win. Nothing's going to change. We've been defeated. There's nothing we can do. And then a new man rode into town who said, I'm your defender. I'll crush them. And 
what he was promising or what his record was wasn't as important as finally getting somebody to stand up who will refuse to sit down and will burn the whole damn thing down because the whole thing is corrupt. That's what happened. It has nothing to do with racism or anything else. That's a subset. That's, that's not who these people are. They're tired and they're frustrated. And they've looked for someone who can finally tell people like you, shut up. That's not who we are. I don't think those people had heard that before. How'd they respond to that? They were amazing. They were amazing. And I don't really sunk in. I you think, yeah, I do for some, I do. There were 19 people in the room. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to them, but I will tell you that it was not what I expected. And, you know, people were blasting me on Facebook saying, uh, you know, you just went to bash Trump. No, they, no, not, not really. Mm -mm. They weren't really that interested in Donald Trump. They were interested in who you are. Now, I think personally, I have nothing to base this on, but I think personally, they know that the world is changing. They see trouble on the horizon. And like all of us, they may be saying now, gosh, it's a different world. It's a different game. Maybe we should reexamine everything we're doing. I don't know that, but that's the feeling I got. And here's why. Here's one of the reasons why I said yes to going up and meeting with him. When I was at Red State this summer, somebody from the New York Times, I didn't know they were from the New York Times, somebody in the press gaggle asked two questions. I don't even remember what they were, but they were thoughtful. They were really thoughtful questions. And um, I answered those questions. And I wondered where she was from. And I thought she was from a, a right side organization and um and they were very smart questions and she came up to me afterwards and asked a couple of other questions i said where are you where are you who are you, who are you with she said the new york times i said the new york times she said yes we're trying to understand what's happening now she's a documentary filmmaker so we spent some time talking off the record her family is from i think like louisiana or arkansas they're republicans uh, I think they're Trump supporters. She's not, but she wasn't virulent either way. She was just like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a Trump supporter, but my family is. And she understood the center of the country like no one else I've met in media. And, um, and she said, would you be a part of this short documentary? And I said, eh, I think so. <laughs> but I don't know how it's going to be edited. So... It was the problem, isn't it? No, I know it is. But it was edited, and it was fair. Mm -hmm. It was fair. It was like eight minutes, and it was very fair and represented our side very well. Yesterday, after it was all over, I was talking to um, her producer and somebody else from the New York Times, and um, they said, thank you for being a part of that. And I said, I have to tell you, I was really skeptical. And they said... We are really trying to understand. We, we, we're trying, we're not, we don't want to be flippant on things. I said, oh I, oh, I, oh, I know that feeling, yes. 
we're really trying to understand. And they said, the best thing about that is that, now this is key. He said, did you read any of the comments underneath that when it, when it first went out? And I said, no. And she said, it was really good. She said, so many of your people said, I can't believe this is the New York Times. And she said, and so many of the New York Times people said, I can't believe there are conservatives like this. I didn't know they existed. That is critical. Mm-hmm. If we're going to heal the country, that's critical. Now, whether the New York Times or anybody else continues this the day after the election, I'm assuming I just kissed a frog. I'm assuming I just kissed a toad, hoping that they would be a princess. They're not going to be a princess. That's how I have to go into this. Anything that you get on the other side where you go, oh my gosh, look at that. It's tiny movement is a blessing. But we have to start doing that. We have to start looking for anybody who is actually willing to stand. And what I recommended to the New York Times, I recommended, first of all, that Hillary Clinton, if she was serious about um, bringing the country together, that she said, I'm not going to, at this point in the country's history, I'm not going to replace a Scalia with a Ginsburg. I'm going to replace a Scalia with Mike Lee, a conservative constitutionalist with a conservative constitutionalist. She won't do that. But even if she did, a moderate. To be able to say that in the New York Times and explain the thinking behind it, yeah. I thought was important. Yeah. Say, I said, if she's serious, then de-weaponize the IRS. That she could do. It was wrong when Nixon did it. I don't want to get into the past, but it's wrong now de-weaponize the IRS. Her side, I said, the only way that it'll make any difference is if she hurts her own self with her side. If her side isn't screaming, what are you doing? It won't mean anything to the, le- to the right. They won't believe it. Mm-hmm. And even if she does it, they'll still say there's a catch. But it will come in a long-term pattern Did that really do what she said it would do? And if it doesn't, it makes it worse. But the reason why I came up with this, you know, Watergate begat Travelgate is because I said the other thing is, and it won't mean anything coming from people on our side. What means something to the right, to the left, is us on the right standing up and saying, here's the infection point on our side. Here are the things we have to take care of. We can't say we're for morals and we're, we don't hate women and then stand with a guy who says, come on, tell me she hasn't been grabbed there a few times in the past. Holy cow, he actually said that yesterday. We can't accept that. Forget about them. But we'll have no credibility with anyone. And the same thing with them. I said, what have you... By ignoring what has the left promised us now that she can get away with, you have to take a hard line on corruption. No matter who wins, you have to take a hard line on corruption. And I I don't know 
I don't know what their thinking was, and I wouldn't want to um, characterize it either way. But I have hope that they will see and say, we do have to take a hard line. The times have changed. Here's our sponsor this half hour. Uh, <clears throat> it's Simply Safe. Protect your family, protect your home, and save money doing it. When you get a home security system from Simply Safe, you can save up to 20% on your homeowner's insurance. And with savings like that, your professional alarm monitoring might actually pay for itself. Simply Safe is easy to install, it's completely wireless. You own the system and you can take it with you if you move. Monthly monitoring is $14.99 a month with no long-term contract. So protect your home the smart way. Save money doing it. Visit simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, get free shipping on your order and a free keychain remote. It's worth 25 bucks. That's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Simplysafebeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Stream the show live on iHeartRadio or listen later on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Mercury. to the Glenn Beck program. You know what we were talking about? I, I just have this feeling that somebody, the guns are coming out uh, and the end of the Clinton honeymoon, uh, the end of the love affair with Hillary Clinton and the Clintons is coming soon if she's elected. I just feel this. Senior political economy reporter, the Huffington Post, Fox News just landed a brutal, clean hit on Hillary Clinton's campaign. Campaign is having to answer the $12 million in the Clinton Foundation received from the King of Morocco. It goes on to say, Fox News is right. Wow. At this point in the campaign for the Huffington Post, the hammer is coming down if she wins. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. There's a couple of stories here. Who is actually and verifiably now working with Hillary Clinton on the right in the media? Who was engaging in dirty tricks on the campaign trail? We now know it was Breitbart. How can you be expected to be a credible candidate in saying that the press is in the bag for a candidate... When you were the secret until recently press arm and were engaging in secret ops with the Democrats to destroy those who opposed you, the answer, uh, you can't. The ends don't justify the means. There's another story out today. The GOP must do something about the conservative media industrial complex if it wants to survive. Right. Fine. 
Finally. 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 You know what they're saying there is you need to stop the conspiracy theorists. And we go there next. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stu, you're going to give me an update on the um, the Breitbart campaign, or the Breitbart news source before they had told anybody that they were in the back, when they were still denying that they were, you know, an arm of the Trump campaign. Right. Um, that they were coordinating with the left, Occupy Wall Street guy and the Clinton campaign to destroy Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Yes. Uh, And, you know, it's a convoluted story and an amazing one to see. I mean, you think that Breitbart, the last thing in the world they'd be working with is Occupy Wall Street activists. But Oh, they have a ton in common. Well, they do. Uh, Interesting, though, um, because here they are, the brand Breitbart, is going in and, and working with Occupy Wall Street um, uh, activists. Here's a tweet from October 17th, 2011, from a man named Andrew Brebar. Yes. Uh, right. Br- right. Yes. I'm ahead. not sure how to pronounce it. Mm. Talking uh, and criticizing uh, journalist 2.0. Remember the journalist uh, email? Yes. Where they had yes. that in, inner discussion working. Yes. Breitbart was big talking about that. Yeah. Uh, and he posts a story about how leaked emails reveal, reveal that Occupy activists were collaborating with the media. This man who is passed and his name lives on doing the exact things he criticized. Yep. I mean, that is a sad freaking story. Whether you liked Andrew Breitbart or not, that is a sad story because he's not here to defend himself from what they're doing to his name. And that's sad. Uh, Let me uh, go to a story from the Business Insider. The GOP must do something about the conservative media industrial complex if it wants to survive. And there are two people among many that are quoted in here. Uh, One is John Ziegler, nationally syndicated conservative radio host and columnist for Mediate, and he's on the phone. And the other one with a picture and everything is... Stu Bergier, uh, who's been elevated to co-host of the Glenn Beck program. I oh, well, there you go. I wasn't aware of that. Oh, you were. Uh, Thank you for that. I appreciate uh, it. As so, always, appreciate your support. Yeah, John, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Always good to talk to you, Glenn. So give me the thrust, you two, of this, of this, uh, of this article. Well, well, to me, this is an issue that I've been talking about for, for many years, that uh, the conservative base is under a bit of a delusion when it comes to what the purpose of this conservative media industrial complex is. I think a lot of people, although they're starting to wake up to it now in the post-Trump era, have always believed that most of the conservative media industrial complex wanted to help conservative causes, and part of that was to help get a Republican president elected. Uh, I would submit that not only is that not the goal, that might actually be the opposite of the goal. The goal of the conservative media industrial complex is to get enough people jazzed up about what you do to consume your products 
Uh, and that doesn't mean a large number of people. That means a very tiny sliver of an overall population. Uh, to get a person elected president, you need 51% or thereabouts of a massive population to do one thing, and that is vote for that candidate. Those two goals are in complete and uh, opposite of each other, and they're, they're contradictory to each other. And what has happened in this particular election cycle, I believe, is that an entity, this conservative media industrial complex, which is all about ratings and revenue and, and creating customers, saw that Donald Trump was far, far better to that end goal than any other candidate. None of the other candidates moved the needle like Donald Trump, and they didn't care that Donald Trump was completely and totally contradictory to the other goal, which would be to elect a Republican but, president. And in fact, I believe that the nomination of Donald Trump effectively elected Hillary Clinton, and anyone who facilitated Donald Trump's nomination as the, the Republican nominee, I believe effectively elected Hillary Clinton, no matter what Sean Hannity says. Um, John, help me out on this, because this is a question that was asked of me yesterday. I was with the mainstream media a lot yesterday. Um, and um, and the one question that was asked in each place I, I spoke, does uh, Breitbart and Bannon know who he's in bed with? Is this just about money or is this really is he a believer in the philosophy? My answer was. Um, I think he is a believer in the philosophy of destruction. And so he'll unite with anyone who is a destructive force. But he's all about his own power and his own fame and his own wealth. Glenn, I think that's an excellent analysis. I had a, a, this very same conversation with somebody who still works prominently at Breitbart. As you know, Andrew Breitbart and I were very close for a couple of year period in the 2008, 2009, 2010 area. Uh, and I got to know him exceedingly well. I agree with that. I think it's basically both. Uh, I think that Bannon is a true believer in whatever this bizarre alt-right philosophy is, but it is also about power and money. And I think that Bannon, and I, I've met with Bannon. I did not find him to be an impressive person at all in any way, shape, or form. And the idea that uh, he is now CEO of the Trump campaign, as well as, you know, I guess de facto still head of Breitbart. And now we learn about this outrageous story of coordinating with uh, leftists in order to try to to harm Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, as you rightfully say, during a time period when they were still claiming to, to be objective here, that they were not, not uh, totally, completely in the tank, as they obviously now are, and for Donald time. Trump, is beyond outrageous. It's beyond, it's, it's, it's beyond outrageous. It, 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 it requires expulsion from the conservative cause, Glenn. That's how, how, how horrendous this is. And, and if conservatives don't see it, they deserve what they get. And and be, at the same time uh, that was going on, they were also the campaign was accusing uh, Ted Cruz of dirty tricks, and and that's why they called him Lying Ted because right. he was involved in dirty tricks with uh, you know saying that uh, uh, you know ben Carson, ben Carson didn't make sense that Ben Carson was going home to get a shirt, go buy one at you know Sears if you have to. Don't leave the campaign trail for a week. Um, and they said that was dirty tricks. The same time they're making that into a big deal, the campaign and Breitbart are working with the Clinton campaign to destroy Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Unbelievable. 
It is, uh, except it's not that unbelievable. It's unbelievable in one sense, but it's very believable when you now look back with clear eyes at their coverage at the time. And their attacks on both Ted Cruz and Mark Rubio went way beyond this shenanigans, which is just flat-out silly. I mean, the, the whole notion, uh, um, you know, they, they, they brutalized Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz on so many different issues, and, and they never, and the number one thing that, that with, to me, with regard to Trump, it, there were two things that, that they were just completely ignored during this whole deal. Then they're very important. One, he's not a Republican slash conservative, and two, he cannot possibly win. Now, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? And those two things were completely ignored. And in order to, to facilitate this, this Trump fiasco, this con job, it didn't matter who stood in the way. It didn't matter if it was a real conservative like a Marco Rubio who could win or a Ted Cruz uh, who, who I don't believe could win but was at least a true conservative. And, and it, so it didn't matter. And so now that we know this, there must be punishment, Glenn, because if there's not punishment, guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen again. And if we allow, this is so, the main point of that whole article you're referring to with the conservative media industrial complex. If we allow the same people to be in charge after this fiasco who caused it, then we will get again exactly what we deserve. John, this is uh, Stu, co-host of the Pat Stu, Jeffy and Glenn show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you point out the because the, you're right, obviously, the, you know, if you want to talk about the conservative media industrial complex ratings and revenue are a big part of that. I mean, it's a big part of all of our lives and our careers, I think. Um, and, and I don't want, I mean, we all realize we have to do that as part of this job. The, the point is you don't cross certain lines that are inconsistent with your principles. I mean, if we all wanted to make as much money as possible, we could all start selling pornography. We don't necessarily do that because there are lines we don't necessarily want to cross with the exception of Jeffy. So the point <laughs> is, how do you walk that line? I mean, because I think, and, and my hope was in the in the article that after this, it's a long term play. People will look at who misled them, who got them into this Trump bandwagon, who told them things that were obviously false to get people to move these votes, who told people that uh, online polls were going to prove that Donald Trump was winning, who told those people who then went on their Facebook pages and looked like idiots in front of their friends. Will those people be punished after all this is over? If this I don't was think the so. If this was the investment industry, yes, you know, if this was a situation where you know, certain people were saying, hey, look, invest in this stock, Donald Trump, and it turned out the tank, and there were a whole lot of other better investment options, those people who did that would be punished, and they would not be heard from again. We're not living in that world. We're living in a bizarre world where because uh, certain people in this whole deal, and I'll mention Sean Hannity again, no, made a whole lot of people Sean feel Hannity good or about anybody themselves. Else, please. It made a whole lot of people feel good about themselves. There might not be punishment. People, it's very easy, much easier to dupe people than to convince them they have been duped. And so I am pessimistic that people will understand what has actually happened to them. And as far as your first question about where the line is, to me, and I wrote about this way, way back, and I know Glenn promoted this article quite a bit, and I appreciate that, about how the conservative media sold its soul to facilitate the nomination of Donald Trump. I think the core of what happened here is the business model for most of the conservative media broke. And when the business model broke, it forced even some of our titans, people who I never would have imagined would sell out to a Donald Trump, to be forced to do so to continue to temporarily make that business model work, 
in this particular year. Now, I believe it's going to collapse on them next year once the Trump audience disappears and their core audience no longer trusts them. That's my hope. But that, to me, is what caused this, the breaking of the conservative media business model to the point where you weren't able to just tell the truth and still make the same kind of ratings and the same kind of buck as you were before. Now you've got to fake it. Now you've got to fake it on a daily basis to get the same kind of ratings and revenue that you did before. And unfortunately, to a lot of people, ratings, revenue, fame, keeping their gig is all that matters, and the truth doesn't mean a damn. I have to tell you, John, first of all, you should, um, you should drink a cup of coffee or something before you come on the air because <laughs> you're a little laid back. Um, the second thing is, is I don't buy that. I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't buy that. If you are in this business of telling the truth as you understand it, the last thing you can be is a coward. And I don't believe that, that um, those people believed that they were making a choice of ratings or money. I think they were, uh, maybe I'm being too kind, but I think they really believed that stuff. Well, can I address that? Because yeah. I think, I, Glenn, I think it's both. I, I think it was in it. I think they were on a drug. I think this was intoxicating. I think to, to you know, uh, I, I think to a lot of people, they saw the ratings that they were getting with Donald Trump, and they believed. They they forced them themselves to believe because it was in their self interest to believe. And they thought, well, maybe if the ratings are great for us, that means that something really special is happening nationwide. There's, there was nothing special happening nationwide regarding Donald Trump. There was never any chance he was going to win a general election against a, a mainstream Democratic candidate, even one as horrible as and as corrupt and incompetent as Hillary Clinton. And we're going to see that in a couple of weeks but but this was not a, I, I don't believe this was a conspiracy i don't believe in conspiracies I, I i agree with you glenn i would like to believe that some of these people that we've trusted for many years were based they basically duped themselves into believing this because it was in their own self-interest to do so do you see the difference there yeah i do i do um john can you hang on just a second i want to take a quick break and i want to come back and i just i want to ask i'd like to have a discussion here on forget about the election what, how do we come back together and does it come back together? How do we, um, without sticking fingers in people's faces, because that's not going to work and nobody's going to listen to somebody who said, I told you so. They're already saying it's, you know, our fault. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that will say, well, I was the only one that was standing against Hillary Clinton the whole time. You were pussyfooting around, and I knew that we had to stop her at all costs. And they're going to shift the focus to Hillary Clinton, which will, they believe, save their credibility and destroy people like ours. And they might be right. How can we, um, how can we get to a place where reason is fixed in her seat again? Back in a second. First, let me tell you about American financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We all, wow, he didn't, Pat didn't do it. Uh, that took strength. I don't, I don't do strength. anything. It's, uh, uh, oh, there it was, I heard Jeff. Loss, loss of a job, unexpected home repairs, medical bills that aren't covered by your insurance. These are all, this is part of life, and it has happened to all of us. And we fall behind in our bills, and then we don't know what to do, and many times we panic. There is no reason to panic. You can do something about it. You can get out of debt. 
American Financing will consolidate your high-interest debt into one manageable monthly payment right now. Interest rates are at all-time lows. It's a great time to refinance and consolidate the uh, debts. Lowering your interest rate can save you as much as $500 to $1,000 every single month. American Financing's mortgage consultants are salary-based. They specialize in solutions and not counting commissions. If you want to buy a home or refinance, take advantage of the low interest rates right now. Don't wait. Get out of debt. Call 866-750-6551 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. You want to make a loan before we hit those times like 2008 again where nobody was lending money. Please do it now. AmericanFinancing.net, 866-750-6551. America's home for home loans, 866-750-6551. AmericanFinancing.net. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hey, John. Before we get into any solutions, we're talking to John Ziegler from Mediate uh, and conservative talk radio show host. Um, John, before we get in, in into the solutions of where and how we try to solve this uh, after the election, no matter who wins, um, you seem to be a little fire, fired up. <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah, are you yeah. still there? Yeah, okay. You're, you seem to be a little fired up. Everyone should um, be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are, are, we, we were wondering during the break, is this how you usually are, or is this a sign of you're getting a ton of crap and you're sick of it? Well, uh, I don't, I'm not normally like this with my wife and child, if that's what you're asking. Right, right. <laughs> but, but no, this is a unique situation, and I have been taking a ton of crap uh, for, for my stance for over the last year. And, you know, I, I've been right, and it will be proven that I was right along with some others. But I don't, it's not even about being right. This, this, was, this is for the rest of my daughter's life, Glenn. We're going to have judges that are appointed by Hillary Clinton and everything else that she's going to do for at least the next four years, and it was not necessary. And it happened because of friendly right. fire. That's, if that doesn't piss you off, but that is, But, John, that is, That's right. that is exactly <laughs> the case so true. that so many who are supporting Donald Trump are making. I mean, word yeah. for word. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know... These people, it Blaming came us. from friendly fire, and it wasn't necessary. And now the result is Hillary Clinton. I want you to, I want you to, if tell me how to navigate those waters in a way to come back together to stand against whomever is the president and wants to go in unconstitutional ways. When we come back. Mercury. 
John Ziegler joins us uh, from Mediate, a conservative talk show host, and uh, uh, he was part of an article in the Business Insider that uh, the, the, the conservatives need to do something about the um, conservative media industrial complex, which I think is an interesting term because it's insinuating it's a conspiracy factory. And I think that's one of the problems that we have is this, I mean, the, the, the uh, couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, they were... Um, uh, people in the media were actually holding up the um, uh, National Enquirer as a credible source yet again. Uh, and it, it, I mean, it, we have talking got, about their very few triumphs and ignoring everything they've gotten wrong over the years. We have got to um, fix reason in her seat. With that being said, John, I just said to you what you said to me that you are frustrated. Because you said, my children are going to have to live with this election for the rest of their lives because Hillary Clinton is going to appoint members of the Supreme Court. And it wasn't necessary because of those who are taking shots and friendly fire. Well, that is exactly the things that others who are voting for Trump say about me, say about you, John. Very well said. And, and by the way, the, the term media industrial complex, the conservative media industrial complex, I believe you probably heard that the first time, well, the last time I was on your show. That's something I've been using for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy that uh, Oliver Dossi decided to, to use that because I do think it's an apt description of what uh, really I caused this problem. And to answer, and to more directly answer your, your question, which is an excellent one, because you're right, that is what the other side is saying. And your analysis of the fight over narrative, the fight over the election is pretty much over at this point. Hillary's going to win, unfortunately. We don't know by how much. The fight over the narrative is now just beginning. And this is as, as almost as important a fight as the one over the election. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of the same people, as I say in that article, who created the first false narrative that Donald Trump was a, a Republican who could somehow win, now have a vested interest in another false narrative, which is that it was Glenn Beck or the John Zicklers of the world who somehow caused this, which is just laughable on so many levels. The first is that Donald Trump himself said he doesn't need or want our support. So right there, end of discussion. But here's what, to answer your question as to how this is all going to go down, and I talked about this the last time I was on your show, this is why the margin of defeat is going to be so incredibly important. If he loses by a, a margin a, a worse than, say, John McCain in 2008, there so is no possible... Points. There is no possible way, no possible way for the people on the pro-Trump side of this argument to claim that he ever could possibly have won or that it was the so-called never-Trump Republicans who caused this. That's the first battle here. There must, we must be able to win the argument that this was a mistake that was made in the nominating process, not in the general election, because Donald Trump could never win. And oh, by the way, he was never a Republican either. Let's say it doesn't. Let's say it comes in at four points, three points. Then we're, then we're done. It's over. And that's why I've urged people strategically in certain states to, to vote against Donald Trump if you're a Republican. Because, to me, he must be eradicated. So wait a minute. Like a you're, saying, but you're saying that in states where, where it should be like Florida. I mean, it should be like Texas, but Texas is close. Um, you're saying where... Uh, where Hillary is so far ahead, it doesn't matter what your vote does. 
look, here's the bottom line. If, if you're somebody who has accepted that Donald Trump is not going to win, which means you're a sane, rational conservative who doesn't believe in massive conspiracies at this point, if you've accepted that, then to me, you ought to be thinking November 9th. And what world do we want to live in in November 9th? Do we want Donald Trump to still be the lead spokesperson of our movement and our party, or do we want him eradicated like the cancer that he is? And, the, and the, every vote he gets is a vote to keep him in the process. Every vote against him is a vote to keep, get him out of the process. So to me, that's the way I look at this. You're either voting to keep the cancer or kill the cancer. And, and so because you cannot win. The, Antonin Scalia's uh, Supreme Court spot is gone, folks. It's over. Sorry. It's done. And, uh, We've lost that. If it was so important to us, we should have elected some, or nominated someone who was going to win. But we didn't do that because it wasn't fun enough, and it wasn't good enough for certain power players within our movement uh, for their ratings and their revenue. So that's what's done is done. I, I, I think this is an incredibly important but difficult problem, as you illustrate, Glenn. To me, the first answer here is we've got to establish that Trump was the wrong nominee. If we don't do that, and if it is close, three or four points, then I don't see the path forward. I really don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't see the path forward because he will disrupt any attempt to make any recovery, and he will ensure Hillary's reelection in 2020 because he's that much of a cancer. That is the bleakest and yet, <laughs> I believe, most accurate case I have heard for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Because if it is close, it will be that. And he will go into Trump TV and it will, he will be able to whip enough people up into a frenzy. If it is a 10-point spread, an 8-point spread, he won't be able to do that. But what are the odds that it's a 10-point spread, Stu? I mean, it's certainly possible. It's, a, it's certainly as, at least as likely, if not more likely, than him actually winning. Um, uh, you know, the, the blow, they, I think it was 538 that broke it out into scenarios, like blow out the 2008-type election, 2012-type election, a squeaker, and a Trump win. There are five categories, and, and you know... Well, it was a blowout in... Uh, it was a blowout in 2008. And what was that, eight points? Yeah, se- seven and a half, I think. Seven and a half or 7.6, something like that. So... Uh, What's a blowout to you, John? Oh, that's... I, I think, to me, the important level here is 2008. If he does worse... I'm more, I, I think it's more important he does worse in the Electoral College because people look at that map and that number, I think, is important. But secondarily, the popular vote is also important. If he does worse than John McCain in 2008 in both the Electoral College and the popular vote, then I think we've won the argument because I don't think there's any rational way to, to claim that Donald Trump could ever win or that so-called never-Trump Republicans, who are an incredibly small percentage of the population, trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so have, I. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I, it's amazing how much influence we suddenly have, Glenn, isn't it? I, I mean, know, I know. We couldn't, get, we couldn't get Donald, I mean, we couldn't get Ted Cruz to be the president, but somehow or another, we, can, we without most of the audience, can sway this entire election. It's amazing. It's, it's it absurd. It's, it's, it's a lie is what it is. Let's call it what it is. It's a lie intended to cover the asses of people who got exposed as sellouts and frauds. That's what this is. <laughs> let, let's, Darn let's, that let's, let's be very clear. Um, and so to me, the 2008 marker is very important. And I think, I think it's a 50-50 shot at this point. I think electoral college-wise, if I had to bet, I think Trump does worse than McCain did in 2008. Wow. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that's where we are. Are we arguing, though, John, against uh, the market at all? Because it feels like to me, what, what, you know, if we talk about it this way, is it not that 
people will be rewarded for making these bad choices. And this is what the, li- the left would say about every economic incentive. You know, people will get rewarded for making bad choices. Therefore, we need to do something to control their choices. Yeah, I, I, I address this in the Business Insider article to a, to a degree. And that's, that is the inherent problem, is that our media, because the left controls so much of the mainstream media, our media is far, far more uh, dictated by market forces. Now, there's good and bad to that. The bad is that when you're only dealing with 5 to 10, maybe 20% at most of the population to begin with, you don't have influence over a general election uh, for a president. It's an incredibly minor portion of the voting population. And so these same market forces that are incredibly important for the conservative media are irrelevant in winning presidential elections. So this is an inherent contradiction and a problem I don't have an answer for. What I'd like, the only answer is, if our people are educated enough and open their eyes enough to realize they were duped here and to punish those who duped them. I doubt that will happen, but that's the only path to correcting this problem as I see it. John, yesterday I sat with the New York Times editorial board, and I have absolutely no idea what they'll do, what they were thinking, or anything else. But I met with them. I met with 19 of them. Those wow. meetings are usually between three and 10 people. 19 people came to this meeting. Wow. Um, they said that was highly unusual. Yeah. Um, and I felt what they were looking uh, for uh, was, A, who, is the, who are the conservatives today? Where does it split? How does it split? Um, uh, there are good guys they're not all the they're not really with the trump people right i mean they're not the 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 alt right correct and i and it, they were they were seeking answers but the other thing and not just from them but from many people in the press that i have met with recently i believe the love affair with hillary clinton is over oh yeah and right now it they're only they're only pushing things away because they're so afraid of donald trump but the yes. minute Trump is out of the way, I think she's going to get the pounding of a lifetime. And, Glenn, that's why I'm so um, agitated and, and passionate about this issue of making sure Trump gets eradicated. Let me, you said I, I, I painted a bleak picture. Let me paint, uh, paint you a good picture here. Let's say Trump is crushed, all right? And let's say the cancer is mostly eradicated and he fades away, much like Sarah Palin ended and, and up uh, fading away. Uh, the, the reality here is in 2018, the the Senate map is 100% in our favor. She will be powerless in the last two years of her presidency. And if we get our act together and nominate, let's say, Marco Rubio or, or Scott Walker or somebody like that who's young and, and, can, and can make the argument that she's old news and she's as unpopular as we anticipate with an economy that's going nowhere at best, and we win the presidency in 2020 and Clarence Thomas and Kennedy hang on, we can still save this. This, can, this doesn't have to be over if we get our wits about us and, and stop the insanity. But the first step in this is eradicating the cancer on November 8th and winning this narrative as to what really happened and why we lost this election. That's why it's so incredibly important. You make great points. Thank you very much, John Ziegler. I appreciate your time on the program. Always good talking to you, Glenn. Good talking to you. John Ziegler from uh, Mediate. Weird how he would... Say thank you to the co-host of the show instead of the main host, myself, Pat and Jeffy. No, but, but you know, I don't know when, you were, when you were when you were. I mean, that, look, that's co-host. fine. Uh, when fine. did that happen? I 
<laughs> I didn't get that memo anywhere, and you'd think it would have started with me. But uh, I don't know why we would go to the lowest person on the food chain of the show <laughs> to get that approved, but okay. Now this. Top advisor to large head funds and money managers had this to say just last week. I would argue that the Great Recession was a result of a massive monetary policy error. I think everybody would agree with that. They, they, they patched the bubble in the 90s, and then they did it after September 11th, and it finally crashed in 2008. But then what happened? We patched it again. The Fed kept rates too low for too long, resulting in a housing bubble and a crash. This bled over to the global markets. He continued, I believe we are again suffering the effects of a massive monetary policy error. The error error has already been committed. All we have to do is endure the consequences. We survive this, and if we don't make massive mistakes, we are stronger on the other side. I happen to believe in the American people still. I believe that we're going to make it. I believe that the, the problems that are on our horizon, we are going to look back and say, that was a real blessing that that happened that way. I don't know why, but it always happens that way. Call Goldline now, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Buy with confidence with Goldline's price guarantee program. Act to ensure you acquire the special gold bullion units available only from Goldline from the Perth Mint. Ask them about the legal tender unit. And call them now, 866-465-3546. They're waiting for your call right now. Read Goldline's important risk information. Find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Another great episode of history tonight you don't want to miss. Let me go to Bruce in Tennessee. That's at 5 o'clock only on the Blaze TV. History like you've never seen it uh, or heard it told before. Bruce, go ahead. Hey, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank you and your, your co-host, Stu, that, for talking <laughs> me off the uh, the wall. Every time I hear Hillary talk about something, I say, I got to vote for Trump. But then I listen to you and you talk me down. And I appreciate it and uh, keep me from doing something I know I will regret. What what was it that we talked you off the wall on? Well, it's just, you know, every time you think, okay, well, everybody else is going to vote for Trump to keep Hillary out. And, um, you know, reason uh, seems to come out of uh, your show there. And it, uh, I think I may pass on this election. I think I heard a uh, Thomas Sowell interview the other day. He said he sat out the 1972 uh, election and, and never Richard looked Nixon. back. So I may just sit this one out. Well, I, so may I, you got to vote for the down ticket. Got to vote for the down ticket. May I suggest yeah. that if you want to stay out of the presidential, please do not stay out of the House and the Senate. Yeah, I think that uh, where I am, uh, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty red bet. So um, I don't know. I just uh, just really wow. turned me off, and I've always been politically involved. I mean, even as a teeny little kid, I remember. Um, Going out and stump stumping for uh, Goldwater, and uh, wow, this really got me down. 
Yeah. Well, I understand that. Um, but here's the good news. I really, truly believe that whatever is coming is going to be difficult, but it is going to make us stronger and better if, if we recognize that it is our own sins that have brought us here. It's our own compromises in our own life and compromising over not just this last year, but over decades that have have brought us here, and we have to pay the price for that. Once we do, we can reset and move forward. Uh, well, that's true, and uh, John Ziegler, I think, said it best. I guess it's best just to let uh, Hillary have it and, and let it run its course, but at least we still have our principles to fall back on. Thank you so much. Um, it's not only, I mean, what he said was more than just we have our principles. In 2018, we have the House and the Senate because it will be bad under her. And in 2020, we have the House and the Senate and the presidency. Well, you have the House and the Senate now, smart. and you can hold them if you show up to vote for the down ticket. This yes. can still happen. Right. The House can be held. That's the Senate can be held. Critical. You need to have a check. If we lose that, we're toast. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.